0: This week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss Etu Rutel, hacking groups moving from Cobalt Strike to Brute Rattel. Next up, Maui Wowie. State sponsored actors are deploying the unique malware which targets specific files and leaves no ransomware note in ongoing attacks. And of course, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 126, recorded on July 11th, 2022. I'm your co-host, Kelsey, the Punisher LaBelle. With me, co-host Taylor, because this ransomware can do anything but float. Wilkes-Pierce, and last, but certainly not least, Tim, you say Raytel, I say Rattel. Helming. Welcome, 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 welcome
1: hey hello
0: as we were recording this because you know our unofficial tagline fixed it in post we had an ongoing debate actually which tim is referencing here in his intro about how do you how do you say this group's name brute ratel ratel is this a potato potato situation does anybody have any insight on this
1: <laughs> exactly let's call the whole thing off
0: <laughs> well Tim, you had a you had a great thought of a, a different long term controversial topic that this could replace.
1: Oh yeah. You know, the uh you know we've been we've there's been fights, just absolute fights on, on the internet about pronouncing GIF or GIF. That's so tired. You know, the wired debate now is about how you pronounce this particular piece of, we won't call it malware because it's not, it's a red team tool. But um, there's not, I I feel like there are other words that maybe have the A-T-E-L or E-T-E-L where you just can't really quite figure out where the emphasis is supposed to be. And uh, I don't know, we'll see. I'll probably pronounce it all the different ways throughout the episode today.
2: It's kind of like a five guesses on Wordle kind of word.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is pretty similar to that. At least Wordle, you kind of knew like it wasn't, you know, they did. Thank goodness they didn't spell it W-O-R-D-E-L because then it'd be, well, is it Wordle? Is it Wardell? They, (laughs) They made it very easy to understand, unlike this case.
0: I may have already mentioned this, but I was a ritualistic wordle player until, on my sixth attempt, I guessed the correct word, which was shame, and that did me in emotionally. And I had to step away. (laughs) I felt personally attacked. I got all—I knew it was going to be sh— and I knew everything but the the consonant before the e. And I was like, no, they would not throw shade in this way. So I did like shape. And a bunch of other there were there were a lot more options to get to the sixth. Those are the most
1: frustrating wordle games when it's like, gosh, sorry I wasn't psychic. (laughs)
0: Yep, exactly. So any hoosier Good old wordle. Um (laughs) well it's good to be back, by the way. I know Callie and Ian brought the house down last time and we had a break for the holiday weekend so it's it's nice to be back and a a huge standing ovation for for the crew last week or the last time i should say we did the podcast for bringing it home such a great job it's always fun to listen into those
1: they did an awesome job absolutely fantabulous. <laughs> it is fun to kind of have the the old gang back together here just for nostalgia's sake nostalgia
0: but- it's been so long
1: <laughs> it just ain't what it used to be. It's true.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that one got me, Tim. That one got me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well let's let's talk infosec. Some some stuff has happened since we last met here. And so, um I I I my the French interest in me mispronounced again in the thing that was fixed in post. I kept trying to make Et to um, Brutti, French, does, do, does not work. Um, so this next one, to tu, RATel brut- um, which is a great off words there by Callie. Um, so this, this particular article is hacking groups and ransomware operations are moving away from Cobalt Strike to the newer Brut Retel, Rantel, post-exploitation toolkit to evade detection by endpoint detection and response, EDR. And antivirus solutions. So, maybe to start, let's discuss how cybersecurity teams have typically fought hacking groups
1: like- with stones and clubs. And <laughs> no, it was totally Queensberry rules all the way. Uh, but, you know, they'd occasionally have to get creative and use uh, unusual tactics that involve long sticks or uh, camouflaged pits in the jungle. Or, well, actually, I think, Kelsey, what you might be getting at is how this cobalt strike thing came to be part of the picture, because in dealing with threat actors, you are pretty much using everything you've got, you know, from user education and anti-spam at the kind of real basic end of things, all the way up to advanced red team tools like cobalt strike. So let's talk about that. If you were only a casual InfoSec fan, you know, just listening to Breaking Badness for fun, but not because you work in this industry, then you could be forgiven uh, for thinking that Cobalt Strike was, in fact, malware. Um, and, in fact, at that, one of the worst malwares to come along in years. But, actually, Cobalt Strike is a legitimate red team tool used for pen testers and red teamers in their their work simulating attacks. But the, the thing is, it's very effective. So, cracked versions of uh, Cobalt Strike have been out there for years and being used by kind of all the big adversary groups and in all kinds of big uh, attack types. Um, And, you know, as an aside, I think it would kind of be interesting to see the stats on how widely Cobalt Strike is used legitimately versus illegitimately. I wouldn't even begin to try to guess uh, the answer to that. But, um, But Cobalt Strike allows you to have compromised devices beacon out to the command and control, and then they can also do... Uh, surveillance across the a victim network as well. It's kind of a Swiss Army knife, but um, uh, you know, you'll see, you'll hear that phrase "cobalt strike" beacons all the time when you uh, are listening to conference talks or whatnot. So, um, and if attackers weren't using cobalt strike specifically, they would be using other tools to accomplish some of those same things, which are just basically key to um, advancing the a disruption to where you can actually uh, achieve impact on your objectives.
0: Every time people use the word or term beacon in infosec, which is quite often, especially um, in reference to C2, I just imagine like this bat signal, but like a, a, a command control signal. Yeah. And there's this commissioner infosec out there. I don't think he's actually British in that film, but I'd like to imagine that he is. Well, Uh,
1: uh, Commissioner Gordon.
0: Commissioner Gordon. (laughs) No,
1: it's true. I think Commissioner (laughs) Gordon is, is Gothamic.
0: Gothamic. Like the font. He's born Um, and raised in Gotham. Born and raised. OG
1: (laughs) Gotham.
2: OG. He puts
0: the G in OG. Um, Wow. Okay. So, thank you, Tim. And, and how did Brute Retail come into the picture And thank you for knowing what I mean, too, when I asked about about how security teams have fought these types of groups in the past. Uh, You absolutely got what I was asking at. And is there any history you can share with our listeners about Brute Retail?
1: Yeah, yes. And because it was created by someone whose name we know, you know, I suppose we could probably try to book that person as a future guest on Breaking Badness and find out all the dirt including how you're supposed to pronounce the darn thing but uh in in fact also I'm not sure I hope I don't terribly mispronounce this name but uh Chetan Nayak uh was the creator of brute rattle rattle ratel ratel uh I don't know anyway that person is an ex red teamer from Crowd- uh, Mandian as well as CrowdStrike and uh released the Brute Retail Command and Control Center, or BRC4, as the cool kids call it. Maybe that's how we just avoid the whole problem, right? Anyway, released this as an alternative to Cobalt Strike for red team pen testing engagements. So it's similar to Cobalt Strike in concept, but it has a much more ambiguously pronounced name, as we've talked about. Uh, And it is definitely in on the action. So there's evidence that some uh, APT activity from our friends Cozy Bear, not friends at all, uh, as well as the uh, Ransom folks, you know, formerly known as Conti. Um, ha- they've been involved with using this tool as well. And that's, I'm sure, just the tip of the iceberg. So it is very much in the wild right now.
0: In the wild, not Geo. InfoSec Edition. Those just loot, those loose APTs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Has there been a
1: National Geographic episode or or, uh, issue of the magazine that's all about um, APT groups?
0: No, that would be great, though. Like APTs in the wild. like should be. A fancy bear in their natural habitat. That's right. (laughs) In that black tie. Ooh, it's a fancy event for fancy bear. You know, they
2: could have some fun with that.
1: This bear is cozy.
2: This This bear is cozy. I think maybe some of like the exotic car meetups in Eastern Europe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And what the do these habitat. groups all have in common? They have, they, they have a predilection for Lamborghinis. <laughs> Rightly colored Lamborghinis. Oh, some of those colors are awful. But then so does Marshawn Lynch. With, What's so wrong, it's wrong with like- red?
0: <laughs> now, should a Lamborghini just be considered slopsec, uh, a, a term that Tim has coined at this point? Like, should we just consider that throwing in the towel? Well, your when you're security? posting pictures
1: of you with your Lambo on Facebook, it certainly is. Facebook. Just owning one by itself might not be, but I mean, just
2: don't do that and then go to Thailand for vacation. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now here's a question: If a threat actor publishes or a cybercriminal a photo of their Lambo on MySpace, does anybody know? Does anybody? What about on? Oh, like, it's the um... Zen coin
1: of InfoSec.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What about Tumblr? Um, what are some other dying social media sites? Anyway, well, they, it's just they, funny that you said they said undoubtedly
1: produced a. A lot of them probably fancy themselves rappers also, and I'm sure that mm. they've posted those tracks on Napster.
0: Napster. <laughs> Get that on LimeWire. <laughs> That's how they download the malware. It's a trick. Those are the files you can trust from them. Those yeah, are the exactly. files you can
2: trust for sure. <laughs> Limp underscore biscuit.exe. Here you go. Oh, my <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, Tim, what is the significance of using Brute Retail over Cold Strike?
1: Well, so you're. Uh, EDR, or Endpoint Detection and Response, or your XDR, your Extended Detection and Response, or your antivirus products, which most large enterprises are running at least one or two flavors of those things. They're pretty good at detecting cobalt strike beacons at this point. You know, if you've watched any conference talks or read any articles about APT groups and their various successful exploits over the last few years, you'll know that because of the popularity of Cobalt Strike, there's lots of incentive uh, to be able to detect it, and there are in fact lots of functional detection rules out there for various Cobalt Strike uh, beacons and, and functions and whatnot. So, what's significant here, other than being confusing to pronounce, is that Brute Rattle 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 is uh, designed to be much more elusive when it comes to those detections, and for now, at least, that is the case. Like uh, on Virus Total. They're not picking it up. Uh, you know, by the time this episode airs, that could be different. Uh, and I'm sure that in the long term, in the fullness of time, there will be detections for uh, Brute Raytel, Right, But there aren't uh, very many right now.
0: Mm. Indubitably. Well, there's something suspicious about how bad actors get their names on Brute Raytel. Is that right? Because... Their names
1: are their hands.
0: <laughs> oh, let me ask that again. There's something awfully suspicious, right, about how bad actors get their hands on brute retail. Is that is that right? Because that they, they only sell to registered companies.
1: Yes, uh, or that, I should say, they, they don't something... sell to registered
0: companies.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah, what is that? What's that line from Hamlet? Something stinks in Denmark, something like that. I'm brutally... Boy, we're not doing great Shakespeare You're this brute morning. Here on, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here on Breaking Badness, but there's there is some intrigue to the story. So yes, there's a vetting process where that developer, who whose name, by the way, I just wish was Bruce Raitel, that would be kind of great, uh, but it's not. Uh, they manually check each customer wishing to obtain a copy of it, which go for twenty five hundred bucks a pop. Uh, but obviously, it has leaked. Uh, developer claims that that leak was done by a disgruntled customer of the very excellent Unit Forty Two team at uh, Palo Alto Networks. Um, again, that. Suspicion is on a customer of Unit 42, obviously not Unit 42 themselves. Um, But there is evidence of some other deception going on here where threat actors are just concocting fake U.S. companies and using those company emails to get a hold of copies of this. And if that's the case, I'm just assuming there's got to be like a little run on web development skills uh, as these folks are creating these fake companies, you know, like They could just go out and register amalgamatedgrommet.com and use that for the email address. But with this vetting process, my guess is that, you know, they're at least going to take a look at the domain and see if they can verify whether amalgamated grommet really has been delivering tip-top grommet products for as long as their fake website claims they have been. But the bottom line here is uh, the toothpaste is out of the tube. Um, This tool is being used in the wild, and there are some, some implications and consequences of that.
0: I want to live in a world where we use the word gruntled.
1: Right? I know. <laughs> I'm feeling gruntled today. It's the sun shining.
0: <laughs> Properly gruntled. Birds are chirping. <laughs> I'm feeling
1: gruntled. gruntled.
0: I just, just gruntled. I just yeah. something. It just sounds like a lazy Sunday. Just and if you get gruntled.
1: disgruntled, can you get regruntled?
0: Yeah. I'm going to start. Selling things online to regruntle people. I think social media could use some regruntling. You know, I did,
1: uh, I did see at some airport, I don't think it was our local one here in Seattle, but some airport actually had a sign downstream of TSA that referred to it as the recombobulation area. And I thought that was wonderful. I should have taken a picture of that.
0: <laughs> the recombobulation. Oh, yeah, that's great. There's so many negative words we should find because that gruntled is grammatically
1: correct to use. Is that not as is, is, is combobulated? I would assume. Yeah, I think grammatically it's just fine, but it's just it's like there's a missing. You know, our uh, our former colleague Ariella uh, taught me that those those words like that are called unbound stems, um, and so this week on English. On breaking badness do you uh, think
0: do you think that bound stems would be an example of an unbound stem
1: Well, it would be except that bound is just a word that we use all the time un- unfortunately, but yeah this is this is something to think about i uh, uh when I was in college, we used to use the term "plode a lot, not explode, not implode, just plode.
0: Just plode.
2: Just plode.
1: <laughs> I think it's gonna plode. I can't tell which way this one's gonna go. It's <laughs> but it's gonna plode for sure.
0: <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> oh boy. Well let's let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Tim, what do you think comes next? And what recommendations would you make to red teams to prepare for more attacks using Brute retail ratel, Rattel Anything I'm missing? Rattle.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, so, well, for now, while there is a low detection rate of this, all you can really do here is be very tight on your other means of detection. Um, And you have to understand, of course, that, that brute Raytel or Cobalt Strike, for that matter, is not the threat actor's objective. That's just one of the tools that gets them there. That means that you have opportunities for detection in various stages of that operation, right? If you think about the kill chain or the attack matrix, there are a lot of of stages involved. Um, And so this comes down to the same tried and true advice that it feels like we give almost every week, but you know, that doesn't mean it's not valid. So having all your defenses tuned as well as you can, having your users on the lookout, um, not re-enabling macros in Microsoft. Microsoft's threatening to reverse themselves on their default uh, enabling or not of macros. That's a story of its own uh and hey monitor for suspicious domain registrations because uh if you see traffic out to domains that are spoofing you or spoofing your supply chain partners or whatnot that can be the tip-off that you need that something funky is going on out there but no it's just it's it's the blocking and tackling that we expect people to do uh all the time and um As I said, over time, I'm sure there will start to be some detections for this one. They're just, we're in an early stage right now where there's a bit heightened window of vulnerability while it's not showing up on Virus Total and the the like.
0: Uh, Indeed. And with all of this great analysis, let's actually talk about the hoodie rating, which is just our ability to help or our attempt to help you all prioritize how bad this recent situation may be so that's from zero to ten. Ten is very bad zero is more neutral um and so taylor let's go ahead and start with you what would you rate this out from a hoodie perspective
2: yeah you know first i'd like to say that i uh thought this developer was doing a lot better when they were working on like chip and dip stuff with the bruce rotel but i uh <laughs> I guess that's just my
0: <laughs> chip and dip <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs>
2: Uh, no, this is, look, if someone's replacing Cobalt Strike and Cobalt Strike is pretty darn ubiquitous, uh, in the industry, I think that's something that that is going to get a lot of attention. So let's go seven and a half hoodies.
0: Ooh, 7.5. Tim, would you tend to agree with that?
1: I'm in the same neighborhood. I, the number I was originally thinking of was six, um, and that's because Mainly, I guess, because we haven't seen quite how extensive this is and, and the,
2: yeah. the we don't understand entirely
1: right. emerged yeah. yet. But, you know, it's our You're job right. to predict that, too. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I could I could be talked up higher. I'll I'll say six now because I'm going to be an optimist and hope it's not quite too terrible. But uh, it'll be interesting to see.
0: We shall keep a close eye. When Um, has being
2: an optimist in 2022 gotten us anywhere (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, you could say that for a few years prior as well.
2: True. Oh, Oh, oh.
1: man. All right, fine. Put me down for nine hoodies.
2: (laughs) (laughs) 15.
1: (laughs) Actually, I'm a pessimist because if this thing is only six hoodies, you got to really think about what it is that gets up to nine or ten.
2: Yeah, true.
0: Indeed. Well, let's pivot, if you will to our next discussion here after this brief break. All right, welcome back. We're here to talk about our second article on our episode, which is Maui Waui. So Taylor, Tay Tay. I know it sounds like we're... uh, (laughs) Sounds like we're going to be talking about a delicious seasonal beverage from Applebee's, but alas, we have bigger fish to fry. So maybe to start, can you describe what Maui is in this context other than a happy place?
2: Yeah. So, uh, Maui refers to the name of an executable file, Maui.exe, uh, that the fine folks over at, uh, Stairwell Research, uh, did, did a nice little unpacking on Silas Cutler, Cutler over there. Um, Really, really good article worth reading uh, around it and kind of raising some of the unique properties of the ransomware. But it's something they've been discovering in the healthcare industry uh, quite a bit. And so we saw the research on Maui.exe, uh, the stairwell. And then we also had uh, a notification come out from the FBI, from CISA and from Department of Treasury uh, uh, that also issued an alert about Maui ransomware. So this is a Windows executable. So Maui.exe. Uh, And it's been popping up in healthcare provider incidents with ransomware uh, lately. And, you know, it's just enough. They've seen it enough now to where, you know, we're getting the unpacking of it from the reversing folks and then the kind of heightened awareness from our agencies in this realm.
0: Hmm. So, It sounds like, Taylor, another characteristic that sets Maui apart from other ransomware is manual execution by a threat actor. So can you talk about what this is for those who may not be aware?
2: Yeah, it is interesting in that this is, uh, like not a defining feature, but one of the interesting call outs on this is, is that it is manually operated. So uh, a lot of, uh, these incidents, like the ransomware itself can be more automated. So it kind of knows what it's hunting for or will just start encrypting all over the place. Um, you know, that, that allows the ransomware gangs that do all of this. Kind of, you know, third and fourth level reselling and stuff like that to really have a wide scale and hit a lot of targets all over the place uh, in a short order. This is uh, a lot more manually operated, meaning the the operators are kind of running the commands uh, themselves. It's artisanal. It's, uh, it is bespoke. Mm. There's
1: uh, these <laughs> uh, so, like the you know, members you... of the vintage computing club. They're just doing it exactly. this way because it's you know are they wearing smoking jackets too
2: yeah that's the way you know their parents did it and their parents parents did it and yeah for sure um <laughs> so you know this uh it's an interesting you know part of it to say hey th- this allows them to kind of target more um uh like Sensitive files first to kind of get the crown jewels encrypted before before anything else. So it kind of shortens the time that someone has to respond to this type of thing. Um, and it gives you less to hunt for in the network stuff. Now, obviously, you can still see the commands getting run. So there's still stuff you can... Hunt for off of that artifacts you can hunt for off of that, but uh, you know it, it kind of it gives you le- even less time than you normally would have uh, to to react to this type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not they didn't even have. An, there's no embedded note. So, and what this means also is that it is uh, you know designed and owned and operated by a single group at this point. So it's not uh, you know something where hey the core of this code is going to get shared around and then get used by ten different groups. Uh, this is just kind of one group <clears throat> and the, our federal friends, they uh, have done some attribution of this to North Korean actors. Uh, the, it, it's important to note the stairwell folks did not make that connection, although they're just reversing it. So they're not <clears throat> necessarily going to look at everything like that. And in this case, there's no embedded notes, like no embedded ransomware notes. So it's not something that you would provide kind of out of the box to another part party to go ahead and execute these campaigns for you. It is, again, bespoke and artisanal uh, you know, f- for each of the victims that they hit.
0: This just I mean, I know we talk about this quite a bit on the podcast, but this idea that ransomware groups in particular are... They're just their businesses, right? And this just makes me think of like shop local for your artisanal <laughs> ransomware attack. Mm-hmm. And just I wonder if that's something that they actively promote
1: too. They must that. use the the word curate a lot too, because whenever you've got artisanal and bespoke, <laughs> curate is, is <laughs> never far away.
0: Artisanal curation for bespoke, bespoke patrons. Ransomware bespoke <laughs> ransomware. Bespoke <laughs> uh, so, Taylor, how often would you say we see manual execution as opposed to the old spray and pray ransomware?
2: It's certainly a rarity. Uh again, just in like when you just look at the volume, you know. <laughs> uh you, you can do a lot more if, if you're automating everything. So uh it, it's certainly a rarity and, and kind of indicates more of a like top down leadership for this, right? So it's not, you know, they're not really prepared to sell this off to other folks and have them own and operate it. They want to keep all this stuff in house.
0: Keep it in house. Gold verticalization mm-hmm. approach. Um <laughs> <laughs> so Taylor. Who exactly are these bad actors targeting
2: with this ransomware?
0: These these bespoke attacks, if you will.
2: Yeah, our our Maui friends, and uh, according to the FBI and CISA, Treasury folks are, are going after healthcare providers and and folks in that space. Uh, so you know they're finding uh, you know locking up patient data, locking up uh, folks like vendors that work in that space. Uh, you know, kind of uh any and all in that space uh to try and you know get these folks to, to pay up quickly because you you know the you, you create a, a lot of urgency immediately when when you get into the healthcare space.
0: Yeah, for, for good reason. And this isn't the only healthcare attack in recent weeks, is that right? They seem to be having a bit of a streak of bad luck as of late.
2: Yeah, there was that uh, the, the quantum ransomware group that is uh, thought to be linked to more along the more along the lines of a traditional traditional old school ransomware. No, but more along the lines of more of uh, like uh, financially incentivized groups that, that operate at uh, like, you know, multiple levels, reseller levels, uh, you know, that, that try to get out and spread very quickly. Uh, as opposed to taking their time and, and doing it one by one and and writing each ransomware note uh, individually, uh, an old fashioned letter, uh, a <laughs> pen to paper. Uh, as Cutting was, out so letters yet.
1: from headlines, yeah. pasting yeah. them together on a page.
2: Yeah. And Clippy's like, hey, it looks like you're making a ransomware note. Do you need some help with that?
1: Um, no, the.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we knew he was bad. Get him. <laughs> Get him! Clippy's uh, alter ego. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that quantum group has targeted the, the healthcare industry with, with some success recently as well, although uh, kind of <clears throat> apart from this Maui uh, stuff that we've discussed here.
0: Hmm, interesting. And And to just complete this discussion, let's just discuss... The actually the CISA advisory. So, can you talk about what what was highlighted from CISA uh, in terms of mitigations or just recommendations that you have for defenders to to protect those they vowed to protect?
2: Yeah, it's tricky because there's nothing kind of mad. There's no silver bullets around the this ransomware in particular. Sometimes you'll get like. Hey, we figured out that they're using the same key for a bunch of stuff, and and you know you can then you know uh, use that and unlock a lot of folks' files all at once. Uh, This doesn't seem to be the case. There is a hard-coded public key, but we don't know if it's unique to campaigns or targeted networks, individual operators. We don't know the entry point for the folks that have been hit by this thus far. So that's a tricky thing: is that we don't know what they're using for initial access. It could be they're using a broker like an Iced ID. It could be that they're doing the phishing themselves um, which you know seeing the, how they're how they're doing kind of uh, bespoke ransomware notes and and operator led uh, deployment it does it could be that they are doing their own initial access and in, in this as well but there's kind of more questions than answers around that stuff as it currently stands. So mm. their advice is more like hey have backups, test your backups update things when you can update them, you know, the, these are all great practices. Um, You know, how easy they are to implement in, uh, in everyone's environments is, is a whole thing
1: altogether. How about just rename all your files. Nothing important here. (laughs) Dot. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Dot XLS. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's the ultimate advice that just isn't given enough, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. That's what our audience needed (laughs) to
2: (laughs) hear.
0: All right. Well, with all that to say, let's do our hoodie ratings here. So, uh, Tim, why don't you go first? What would you rate this at?
1: You know, as much as I'd like to rate the artisanal hand-curated vintage computer club malware uh, really high, just because it's different and weird... I don't know it this this doesn't feel like a huge one to me i I'm gonna call it three. Um, I'm guessing their victimology is probably not super widespread um, and i I yeah, I don't know. that's my gut feel is that this one isn't a giant threat out there, but uh I don't know, so put me down for three.
0: Three hand ruled hoodies from your local vendor, very nice, all right, Tim, thank you, Taylor. What do you think?
2: I uh, yeah, you know, I'm a little bit higher in that like the group targets healthcare and has not uh, shown any kind of hesitation or pause around going after operational stuff or going after like you know stuff that'll make it difficult for healthcare providers to do what they need to do. So I'll give it like four, uh, four hoodies. And then, um, uh, I don't know, like a couple of sleeves in the drawstrings. Let's get it to like 4.23 hoodies.
0: Noted. Quite precise. Quite precise indeed. Mm. I like it. <laughs> well, hey, stick around. We have our final segment of Breaking Badness, which is of course our game, Two True and a Lie. we be back in just a moment.
1: Hello there, Breaking Badness listener, and we are so glad that you are a Breaking Badness listener, and we'd like you to undertake the same little meditative contemplation that maybe you indulged in the last time you listened to this or a time or two ago. I want you to close your eyes, not if you're driving, but if you're not driving and it's safe to do so, close your eyes and picture a friend. Someone you value and care for. Just one friend. And now picture yourself recommending Breaking Badness to that friend, especially if they're interested in InfoSec or computers and technology in general. And won't you consider recommending us to that one friend? And if you wanna recommend us to a couple of friends, we're not gonna complain about that either, but we wanna make it really easy on you. And in addition to that, if you haven't rated Breaking Badness or reviewed us at your favorite podcast source, we'd love to have you do that too. So thank you to all of you from all of us at Breaking Badness, and now, back to the action.
0: Wow, that was a really nice word from our sponsor and co-host, Mitt Nimla. Um, that's your name backwards, Tim Helming,
1: if you're if ever you're curious how to Oh yes, to I pronounce. used to have a lot of fun <laughs> with that when I was young.
0: Oh no, way, my um, my father-in-law likes to speak in an in, in reverse text. Um and one of my favorites that he uses is rather than saying awkward it's draqua and nothing <laughs> makes a situation more draqua than somebody saying the word <laughs> draqua. Anyway, that we have to talk more about that later here Tim. Um, definitely worth <laughs>
1: discussing. I have I have stories.
0: <laughs> Can't wait to hear Mitt. <laughs> All right, well, let's play two truths and a lie here. And for those who are tuning in for the first time and forgot how this game works, if you are a a listener, uh, we just uh, one of us co-hosts basically reads off three article headlines for the week, two of which are true and one one is a lie. Uh, One is a blatant lie, or hopefully not too blatant. And of course, there's a score system. So today I am up, actually. So I'm going to read two truths and one lie in no particular order. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Are you two ready?
1: Let's do it. All ready. Right.
0: This is either gonna go very well or very poorly for me. So yeah, well, here we go. Article one, breaches and woes. Quantum ransomware affects over 650 health organizations. Article number two, nation states users Shanghai and Dry CSDN blames threat or excuse me, CSDN blames human error for a recent breach of over twenty three terabytes of sensitive data. Article three A course on macroeconomics continues. Microsoft rules back decision to disable VBA macros by default. There you have it.
1: I think they're all true. I, I think you're Schwalbeing this.
2: So oops, all berries <laughs> again. Oops, all truthies. Yeah.
1: That's mm. tricky
2: because like, I feel like I've heard about that first one and maybe the third one. The second one, I'm very,
1: hmm. I heard something similar to the second one but I feel like I wonder if this is one of those cases where it's sort of like based on something that happened but you've changed an important part of it to make it false.
2: I'll pick number 2 and you can try all three truths Tim if you want. <laughs> I'm picking number 2.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I I I feel it feels too risky to say that uh that She's swabbing this, so I'm gonna. I, I'm with you. I I also think that something there's something suspicious about the second statement there.
0: Well, are are you two ready?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: In fact, there was breaking news. I think maybe not during our podcast, but quite early, and Microsoft has actually said that that choice was temporary to roll back the v b a macros
1: oh yeah i knew that i knew that i saw that but i i maybe i misunderstood how you phrased it as your as your statement
0: ah yes yeah last so before the outline for this episode was complete, I had put something about. The same, the same title, but I had it as true. But the title, or the, the headline was Microsoft rolls Back Decision to Disable VBA Macros by Default. And then earlier today, they said, in fact, that was a temporary decision that they released last week. They rolled back, to roll back they to roll the rollback. Roll yes, the backs have gotcha. been rolled multiple times, hence the risk. So hopefully that didn't feel like cheating. But um, I had to kind of make some some changes mid flight because <laughs> otherwise it was very clear I had um I had initially said the nation states users Shanghai and dry um and saying that the they'd actually blamed threat actors but it was in fact human error um, a quarter yeah to I, the
1: CEO, I remember so. I did hear something about that story but I couldn't remember the specifics of it
0: oh well yeah. the committee can decide well, if what I did was ethically. <laughs> fair no, dubious it was, at best. If it was, it ethical. was fine.
1: I I felt like it, uh, but but the way that it was phrased, I almost felt like it could have been, it could have been sort of true, whichever way Microsoft went. Anyway, I'm nah. You got us. You, got you can us.
0: you can negative bamboozle point me if you if you <laughs> if you believe that it is fair. Nah, um <laughs>
1: nah. We we understand your prowess in this game. Well
0: of lying <laughs> we have no shame
1: we know you I are mean it is lying. a little drac word but Dra- Dra-qua. Draqua.
0: Draqua. oh met met and yate um yate yate that's your your last name will be a little challenging i used yeat, to tell yeat,
1: little but. stories to my kids about hannah vas and Simonad, which are their names backwards <laughs> and uh they had they had strange little adventures oh Simonad,
0: that's nice Oh my gosh, yeah, Taylor Seklewa Royalt. I we're we're gonna have some hard time trying Roll to do yet. your name. Roy- Roll yet? Roll yet? Roll yet? Yeah.
2: Um,
1: we used to get our uh, groceries Sekle- at a place well. in New Haven called the Egnaro Doof Tram
2: i'm sorry what <laughs> now you're just making stuff up bless Tim. you <laughs> nah that's the <laughs> that's orange, truth and the, the lie was already we did that segment
1: already i don't know <laughs> if the orange food mart is still in existence but uh, uh, but the orange i could sort of couldn't help calling it the Egnaro doof tram <laughs> i love that
0: oh boy well hey this has been a great episode it's nice to have you two back we're going to have Continue. another episode next week, and then we're going on a little bit of a, a summer vacation, a little hiatus, if you will, for just a few weeks. So uh, apologies on being a bit sporadic here, but we promise it will make more sense later. We're so excited to be back, and we'll see you next week on Breaking Badness.
1: Bye-bye. Thanks,
0: everyone. A goodbye now. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.